Cheers. Cheers, buddy. Clink. Cool, you could use the clink as the clap. The clink as the clap? Yeah, one, two, three, <laughs> clink. Three, two, one. You got some straining. You got some straining to do. You got some. You got some. Welcome to Splainin', a podcast where two guys explain things to each other that they should know, but don't. I'm Jeff Sims. I'm Evan Smith. Buddy, I'm really enjoying this back and forth. Uh, <laughs> it's lovely. It is really lovely. Yeah, it's great. It's exciting. The more interactive, the better. I, that's what I really liked about last week, too. I like, as, as much as like I like the regular format of like, you have a topic, I have a topic, blah, 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 mm. and we ask each other to do a certain to- topic, yep. I do like the back and forth episodes. Me too. There's less, it's like when you're in a show and there's, and you have like only a few scenes or something. So you're like, Ugh. or like right at the beginning. And then your next scene is until the end of act two. And right. there's a lot of sitting down. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, that's a little bit dull sometimes. So are we both the leads in Splaining the Musical? Yeah, I think so. Like I think we're so. both nominated for, um, Tony's. Yeah. Like yeah. lead, lead actor in a musical. So who would be best supporting actor? <laughs> uh, Who's the secondary character? The podcast itself? The podcast itself. Personification of the podcast? Ooh. Yeah, we'd have to cast somebody as the podcast. To be the narrator, which is kind of like the chorus, like the Greek chorus. Would yeah, be... who would be your ideal? If you could Locally or just no, no. in general? Any, any like musical theater actor or actor. Oh, man. It could be any actor because they don't necessarily need to sing. They could just be the narrator and we could just, like, it could be like a Morgan Freeman type where we just Yeah, sing. that's a little too, like, on the nose. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Which would have been a great example of something we should have talked about yesterday, the expression on the nose. When you say yesterday, do you mean last week? <laughs> <laughs> Jeff yes. went away for a few days and drank the whole time, and he doesn't know what day this is. I don't know what day this is anymore. Explaining? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Um, Nathan see. Lane. <laughs> <laughs> that would be good. Yeah. I feel like he would just do a great job. Um, or do you watch Modern Family? Yeah, they you know, the actor who played Cam. Yes, would, Nathan would, Lane is yeah. good friends with him. Yeah, well, he's show. in the show yeah, as well. Show, yeah. I think that's where I just made that connection right. of yeah, those when two. When he shows up for the first time, it's so good. Yeah, I'm yeah. watching Modern Family now for the first time. Oh yeah, yep. Love I'm. It. We. It was weird. We started watching it, and then yeah. I just fell off the wagon, and then Catherine kept going. Mm. So I came back around like season seven. Right now we're at season nine. It's almost over. So I went back, and now I'm just tracking through it again. Right, making some headway, buddy. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, loving yeah. it, loving it. Ba da ba ba ba. So, off of the train on uh, consistent topics, we're, we're we're doing something different. What do you mean? Well, like last time we did consistent topics, like superstitions, and then we did conspiracies, and then we did sayings and phrases. Oh, 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 yes. Sorry, we both have the same topic. Yeah, yeah, consistent topics. Yeah. I didn't do a very good job of explaining no. that. No. I was like, we each have a consistent topic, but. It's consistently. Inconsistent. You meant a thematic Ooh, topic. I did. Yeah, uh, no, but it's not. We mm-hmm. just have. Hey, Jeff, explain this to me. Hey, Evan, explain that to me. Yeah, and and we've come up with this brilliance for you, world. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I felt like I said that. Like, um, what's the name of the actress who says the cat lilies are in bloom again? I don't know. <laughs> Catherine Hepburn. Well done. Yeah, I don't know if she had a stroke or something, but like the last few movies, uh, she was a shaker. <laughs> I don't know why. I think it, may, it must have been a medical thing, but like brilliant actress. Yeah, her daughter is Audrey Hepburn. Like in oh really? Yeah. Oh okay. Well, small world. Yep. I guess. Uh, okay. I'm really surprised that big actors and actresses have offspring that are also famous actors, especially actors. when they have different surnames. Yeah. 
Which segue <gasps> is your topic? Is my topic. Who? You know this. You asked me to tell you it. Yes, I know. But <laughs> I'm, I'm playing surprises <laughs> with the audience. Um, yes, Jeff asked me to explain to him the origins of last names. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to go through a list of about 500 names and tell you what they all mean. <laughs> that's what you want, right? Yes, exactly. Is to help pick out baby names? Yes, exactly. That's that's just what I need. Yeah, yeah. help me pick out baby names. Yeah. Specifically last names. Yeah. Because yeah. that's not what's going to be decided. Surnames, yeah. Well, as you can likely guess, surnames originated from the need to distinguish people with the same first name from each other. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like, Jeff. And then th- six people go, yeah. Ah. Right? Uh, no, you. Oh, right? Jeff. So the prefect, the handsome one, <laughs> the handsome one. They're all like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Except for one guy who knows his worth. <laughs> That's me. Uh, the uh. prefix "sir" actually translates to "over," "above," or "in addition." Mm-hmm. Um, so it's sometimes referred to as your family name. We've yep. all heard that. Yep. Uh, but in the English-speaking world, it's much more commonly referred to as your last name. Yes. Um, as it's always placed at the end of your given names. Yes. So usually in our society, you have a first name, a middle name, and then your last name. Yes. In many parts of Asia, as well as some parts of Europe and Africa, the surname is placed before a person's given name. I knew so, that as well. Yeah. So when they yep. tell you their, their name, they yep. you find out basically their like lineage first. Yes. Um, in most Spanish or Portuguese-speaking countries, two surnames are commonly used, sometimes as many as three or more, depending on the family's nobility. Ooh. So if they're like, you know, came from a bougie heritage mm. they'll like just keep tacking on every name that's impressive it's like i henry bodegard calbit <laughs> harrington and you're like they're one of the calbit harringtons and they just keep going they're like cogs wallop the third <laughs> so they just keep going you know it's like when you have a resume and you just list like all the impressive things back to back to back. All they, the things that you can do. Yeah, they do that. <laughs> their, their special skills is their surname. It's Khaleesi. It's the girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I'm um, not going to try to riddle off all those. <laughs> Mother of Dragons. Mother of Dragons. Breather um, of Fire. So for ages, there were no surnames and it wasn't a problem. But uh, because it was villages, right? Like people were living in villages. Okay. Small populations, and there was separated just enough by first names to go exactly. Around. Okay. There's enough first names to go around, and like there may be two, but mm. you're like, oh, the one who whatever he yeah. has blonde hair. Right? One's like sixty, and the other's like six. Yeah, the young yeah. one or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, and the vis- villages were separated by such large areas that it was never an issue. But yep. then of course the problems arise when people start moving around, moving mm. between villages yep. or countries, mm-hmm. and also the population of people got larger, and therefore many more people with the same name in similar company. Yep. So China, as you could guess, was one of the first uh, civilizations to start using surnames because they just had a massive load of people in a small place. Mm -hmm. Uh, They took on family names about 3,000 years ago to help improve their census. I'm like, what were you at doing censuses? Sensei. Sensei. For many years, surnames were passed down by mothers. Although today, most children in China take the surname of the father, as does most of the world. Yeah. But it makes sense to take the one of the mother. They're the one that gave birth to you. Yeah. Right? To link the lineage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So then there were like an insane amount of rabbit holes of like, I can go down like ancient Chinese culture, last names, surnames, and then I could go down the Roman Empire. It's like, there's too much. Yeah. So from this moment on, I'm basically sticking with like European last names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, And like that sort of thing. Sure. So there are three types. There's patronymic. Okay. There's locative. And there's occupation or status. Yes. So, I don't know if I'm saying this right. P-A-T-R-O. N-Y-M-I-C. Patronymic? 
Is there an M? Yeah. M-I-C. Oh. Patronymic. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Patronymic. <laughs> I mean, it could be. You're laughing, but it's just as likely. I doubt it. Uh, I'll say it different every time I say it. Please do. Um, no, I can only think of those two. Or the old Pat. <laughs> Patronic surnames identify people as their father's children. Yes. Patro-paternal. Yeah. For example, a father named Richard might have a daughter named Brooke, so she might be Brooke Richards. Right? This oh, is- do they blame it all? Not blame it. Do they... <laughs> Blame it on the Do father. Do they blame Richard? Yeah, no. But is, is it like, so if I had a daughter, it'd be like Kate Jeffs. Right. Or would it be like a like a possessive, like J-E-F-F apostrophe S? No, they would just be like pluralized. Just with so it could S. be like Kate Jeff. Or would there have, have yeah. to be a plural like Jeffs? Well, it's not a hard and fast rule. This is just something that people did do back in the day. Okay. It wasn't like anyone who has a daughter, names your last name is your father's first name. This is just one option. As I just said, there are three different kinds. Interesting. Or a father named John with a son named Stephen. The child may have gone by Stephen Johnson. Right? Mm-hmm. That's where you get a lot of those with the S-O-N on the end of the name. John's son. Right. Yeah. Other examples include Jackson, Williamson, any of those. Oh. Okay. So that's Patronic. Mm, yeah. Pat. The old Pat. Yeah. The old Pat way of doing things. Locative. Uh-huh. Sort of self-explanatory. Location. Yes. Right? So it identifies people based on where they were born, lived, or worked. So Sarah York because she's the Sarah who lived in the town of York, mm-hmm. right? So they go, which Sarah are you talking about? The one who lives in Lancashire or York? Oh, Sarah York. In order to further specify one Karen from another, I just <laughs> use the name Karen, um, they may use land features. So for example, Karen Underhill oh, should be like yeah, the Karen yeah. who lives under the hill. Like not yeah. like within the growth. <laughs> 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 the bog. The good, a good thing is uh, Frodo Underhill. Yeah. 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 He used that name. Yep. Yep. Uh, Karen Atwood, because she lives near the woods, at the wood line, like at the at the line Atwood. where the wood starts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or even Karen Green. Green would be like um like Scottish Ireland, they would refer to a green as like a field. Yeah, yeah. So Karen Green, that's where that name drives from as well. It's a location. Interesting. Locative. Uh-huh. So then we have occupation or status surnames. Yeah. So these were based on jobs or social status. So Andrea Baker was probably Andrea in the village who was a baker. Sure. Robert Knight may have chosen his surname to reflect his social standing as a knight. Ooh. Again, no hard and fast rules. Mm-hmm. Just people, like, we need to... Just trying to differentiate people. Differentiate. Whatever works. And, like, if there's already one mm-hmm. who had... Who, like, if there's already uh, Andrea Baker and you're also a baker, it's like, well, then you're Andrea Green because you're a baker who also lives on the hill. There's not... Or a, Baker Green. Ba- <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> other common last names were often based on nicknames. Well, I'm just laughing. Andrew lives in a boat by the water there off on shore by Petty, <laughs> Petty yeah. Harbor. Um, yeah. So sometimes they were based on nicknames. If they're like, so like oftentimes, um, <laughs> give I'm it sorry, up. I fine. can't stop laughing at it. It's um, so stupid. Often words that help describe the person in some way would be a surname. So Ugh. for instance, like say Henry was born mm. and let's say Henry is a bastard. So he doesn't take his father's name because we don't know who his father is. Mm. And there's a few other Henry's in the village. Say there's already a Henry who lives under the hill. Or over the hill, or by a brook, or under the bridge, or whatever. Yep. So Henry wants to be a blacksmith, but there's already a Henry Smith, so mm-hmm. he can't be Henry Smith either. So in order to tell someone which Henry you're talking about, you would resort to an appearance or personality trait. Mm-hmm. So let's say Henry's like a little vertically challenged. <laughs> Henry Short. Okay. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Or let's say he's well endowed in the hindquarters. <laughs> Henry Butt. <laughs> <laughs> which one? Uh, the one with the butt. Henry Butt. The one with the big butt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? So <laughs> that. During colonization, many of these Europe- European surnames made their way to America. Mm-hmm. 
and, and some families can trace their heritage back through generations and find out where their ancestors came from in this way. Yep. Right? Uh, by about 1400, most English and Scottish people were using surnames. Yep. In fact, King Henry VIII, during his rule of 1509 to 1547, ordered that marital births be recorded under the surname of the father. That's the first time that this happened. Okay. And of course, what followed suit was married women then changing their surnames to their husband's name, presumably so they had the same surname as their kids. As their kids, yes. Right? Yep. It gets tricky when you introduce things like slavery. That's like a big one because people were brought over from Africa stripped of their first and last names. Yes. And then after generations of this, so say your great-great-grandfather was like the first slave who came over mm-hmm. and you're there. By the time that slavery was um, abolished, abolished, thank you, uh-huh. um, people would have forgotten what the actual surname was. Yeah. Right? Because it's so many generations before. Yeah. So then they were like, okay, well, now you can come up with your own surname now that you're free. So some took the name of their former owners, presumably like if their former owner was like a kind owner. Yeah. Um, Others took names of important figures in, in American history or just chose entirely new ones based on whatever they wanted them to be. Interesting. Yep. Um, many people think they can trace their ancestors. Um, they can just take the surname and just start going back, finding every Sims. Mm-hmm. A lot like you just go like 14, 17, <laughs> 18 generations of Sims. Yeah. But that's very rarely the case. Yeah. Because, I mean, at some point, someone had to just change it. Exactly. Yeah. The practice of changing surnames is and always has been very common. Man. Not to mention, of course, if you're getting into a lot of the, like, say, your great-great-great-grandfather only had girls. Yeah. And all of them presumably took their husband's name. Exactly. And none of them carried on the same name. Yeah. So at one point, you're going to have to branch right. off to another name. But not even just that. <laughs> just people changing names entirely. Thinking back to episode four. Yes. Um, a New the, Hope. The, the New Hope, yeah. The British royal family, remember then they changed their name after World War One yeah, yeah, Because yeah, it was yeah, like yeah, sort yeah. of Germany. And they're like, well, can't be Germany. Uh-huh. So they just were like, we're the House of Windsor now. Just out of the blue. They just changed it. And yep. anyone can do that at any time. Yep. So there are a multitude of reasons surnames have been changed over time, including illiteracy. Oh. So the further back we go, the more likely we are to find people illiterate not. people, yeah. and, you know, encounter ancestors who could not read or write. They might have known their last name in terms of, like, telling somebody what their last name was. Yeah. Um, but could never write it down. So <laughs> so you mean like me on last episode talking about the Pokemon? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Knowing how it's, to say exa- Articuno. As but... I was writing this, I was like, this is what Jeff was talking about. This is literally it. Like, you only know something orally. Yep. And, uh, you know, uh, when they have their names, well, so when they gave their names to like clerks, clergies, or like a census worker who came around, <laughs> or any other official, yep. um, the person just wrote, the, wrote it down the way it sounded. Yeah. Right? So, for example, the German last name Heyer, H-E-Y-E-R, has over time become H-Y-E-R, H-I-E-R, H-I-R-E, H-I-R-E-S, H-I-E-R-S, and even more. So many of these families may all have ancestry in the same original H-E-Y-E-R. Wow. Just because they couldn't write it or write it down, and the person was just like, higher, yeah, sure, perfect. Yep, sure. Um, simplification is another reason. Uh, immigrants arriving to a country often found their name was difficult for others to spell or pronounce. Mm-hmm. So they just changed it outright, like Greece style, like you're the one that I want. <laughs> like mm, let's just change it because you prefer it to be better woo, 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 sexism <laughs> uh, <laughs> tell me about it Stud. <laughs> I didn't know if you were going there or you just said tell me about it I was like oh man if I race up to this I'm no. going to sleep so well tonight no um, so they would just choose spelling that related closer to the language and pronunciations of their new country yep so like the Swedish Johnson, J-O-N-S-S-O-N, just becomes Johnson, how we spell it, J-O-H-N-S-O-N. Yep. Just because they're like, 
I'm not going to tell every person when it's Johnson, oh, by the way, it's J-O-N-N-S-O-N. They're like, that's stupid. That's stupid, yep. So they just change it. Yep. Uh, another reason is necessity. So immigrants from countries with alphabets other than the Latin alphabet oh, had to point. transliterate them, which is a new word for me, mm-hmm. producing many variations on the same name. For example, the Ukrainian alphabet has letters that we don't have or letters that make different sounds phonetically. So like their I sounds like an E or whatever. Yep. Um, so the Ukrainian surname Zak- Zadkowski, mm. when I look at the English version, it's Z-A-D-K-O-W-S-K-I, I. Yep. which is like easy. But originally, it has an H in it oh. and a Y on the end. So it's Z-H-A-D-K-O-W-S-K-Y-I. So like, I mean, it's still kind of like... like it's similar. H can kind of like... Yes. Z- yeah. Z- but Z- someone will mess it up. <laughs> Mr. zahadkowski i Yai. Yai. Another reason, mispronunciation. So letters within a surname were often confused due to verbal miscommunication or heavy accents. Sure. Um, so like Krober, K-R-O-E-B-E-R, depending on the accent, could sound like Grover or Crower based on the accent that the immigrant had. Sure. So if they were just telling somebody yep. they couldn't read or write English, yep. then that person would just write it down incorrectly and like, here's your last name. Here's what your now immigration card says. And, and you're like, like, great, cool. That's how my name is written. And that's yep. how they learned. That's how it's written. And then that's it. Yep. Interesting. Yep. Yep. Uh, another reason, desire to fit in. Mm. which we all have don't we um in order to better assimilate in their new country immigrants would sometimes translate the meaning of their surname into the new language which is probably my favorite one so like the irish surname brehoni became judge because that's what it means brehoni yep don't even know her no uh, or the german <laughs> schmidt became smith because yeah. schmidt is like a smith like a blacksmith in yeah. german so they just changed the last name to schmitz Smith, Smith, Smith. Um, a desire to break with the past could be another reason that they changed it. Immigrants fleeing unhappy lives in old countries wanted no reminders of the past. To escape the revolution, Mexicans fled to America, often changed their name to any of their choosing, purposely choosing something as far away from their original name and more American. Okay. They didn't want any sort of like Spanishy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just a dislike of surname, which is just self-explanatory. Yep. Um, there's a family that my mom knew from where she grew up in Newfoundland, and their last name was Monster. <laughs> and they're just like, I imagine the poor kids going to school. Yeah, all their and first like, names are Kyle. Right. <laughs> and they just changed the last name. Like, in mom's lifetime, they just changed the last name to Monster. Like, like one, M-U-N? M-U-N, yeah. And like so many people. It makes no difference. What do you mean it makes Like no just difference? on writing, they're still called Monsters. Munster. Yep, Munster. It just still sounds like Munster. Oh, yeah, I know. I just like change it to like George, but yeah, like. Or, or Smith. Or Smith. Um, but yeah, that's. But the people do that. They just change it because they're like, I don't like this last name. Enough of this. Uh, also, fear of discrimination. So sometimes yeah. changes, modifications made to a surname yep. attribute to a desire to conceal your nationality or religiously. So, like Jewish people predominantly yeah. um, who face anti Semitism. Like Cohen's uh, C O H E N was often changed to C O H N or K A H N just to like get rid of any um, Jewish looking name. Yeah. Um, Wolfsheimer shortened to just Wolf. Um, I realized that I have trouble spelling things. Oh. Like when I'm reading the letters, <clears throat> like almost every time I've tried to say something to you, like then I was like C O H E N, I have to really focus to make sure I'm saying the letters that I'm looking at. Oh, as opposed to just saying the word. Yeah. Interesting. Yes. Yeah, actually spelling it yeah, out. Yeah, like C-O-H-E-N. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I, was, yeah. I was like, cause, because it's Cohen, so I wanted to start saying like a sound, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, I, yeah. but the, it's the letter C. Oh, that's weird. Do you know what I mean? I do know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and here are some fun facts and trivia. Oh, fun. 
Um, trivia. Well, not really trivia. I just like their fun facts. Fun facts and anxiety. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, The most popular last name in Canada, United States, Australia, Great Britain, and many other English-speaking countries is... Is this trivia? Yeah. Muhammad? No. no. Smith? Yeah, Smith. Smith. Canada, United States, Australia, Great Britain, and other English-speaking countries. Yeah, but but isn't Muhammad like the most common name in the world? First name. Oh, first name. Oh, yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Although I, I have heard of a lot of people with the same last name like Muhammad. Yes, but I don't think it's the most popular name in Canada. True. Yeah. Um, Which obviously dates back to someone who works with metal, like a blacksmith. Mm -hmm. Or even further back, it derives from smiten, meaning to smite or hit. Oh. So that's that's mine. Mm -hmm. Um, Synonymous with Slytherin. (laughs) The most popular last name in the world is... Uh, Did I just say it? Muhammad? No. No. I have no idea. Wang. You stop it. Honest to God. That's a great last name. About 92.8 million people just in mainland China have the royal last name of Wang. Mm. There is significant debate over who truly descends from the original Wang clans of the Shang and Zhao dynasties. Because many royal families took the name Wang when their kingdoms fell under the Q-I-N. Kin. Kin dynasty? Yeah. Rebranding everyone as Wang was a strategic play to hide their identities and avoid assassination, but hold on to royal tradition. Ooh. So they had like slightly different last names, but like <clears> one, <throat> di- one dynasty fell. They were like, everybody go Wang. <laughs> <laughs> everyone go Wang. And then like they all did. And then nobody was like, okay, well, which Wang are you? Are you? Anyway. That's great. Yep. Is it one of the, never mind. Let's keep going. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now buckle up. Cause we're going down the rabbit hole of ancestry.ca. Oh, you stop it. Allow me to tell you. Th- all the things I can tell you for free about your last name. You stop. I know nothing about it. Man, for free, I've got a page of stuff to tell you. I'm very excited. Like, I'm actually very nervous, actually. Oh, it's... I'm sweating. It, you're I'm sweating. I'm fascinated. I'm sweating. I'm sweating. I really want to feel... I almost just just like, I'm just going to pay for it and do it. But I was like, I'd have to call you and be like, tell me your grandparents' name. What's your social insurance number? <laughs> yeah. What's your address, social insurance number, and the back of the number the credit, of the credit card? card. <laughs> um, so the Sims family name was found in the USA, the UK, Canada, and Scotland between 1840 and 1920. Okay. The most Sims families were found in the USA in 1880. In 1911, there were 122 Sims families living in Ontario. This was about 46% of all recorded Simses in Canada were in Ontario. Okay. Ontario had the highest population of Sims families in 1911. So this is from the 1911 census. Okay. Um, I can see on the website maps of countries yep. that are color-coded yep. showing me how many Sims there were in a certain place. It's like if it's dark green, there was more than 200 Simses or whatever. Wow. Uh, at what point? At 1911 or just period? Based on every census. So I can change the date and go, 1911, wow. this. 1920, this. What an incredible record. Oh, it's wild. What did Sims' ancestors do for a living? Oh, I'm glad you asked. In 1921, you were farmers and housekeepers. Mm. The men were the farmers primarily, and the women were housekeepers primarily. They were the top reported jobs for men and women in Canada, named Sims. 19% of Sims' men worked as a farmer, and 22 of Sims' women worked as housekeepers. Interesting. Some less common occupations for Americans named Sims were carpenter and laborer. Keep in mind, this is just in Canada, and cool. just in the 1921 census. You can do this for any year in any country. You can see 185,000 census records with the last name Sims on it. Census records can tell you where and how your ancestors worked, their level of education, veteran status, and more. Wow. 
There are passenger lists. There are 14,000 immigration records for the last name Sims, which they describe as your ticket to knowing when your ancestors arrived in Canada, how they made the journey from the ship, or sorry, how they made the journey from the ship name to ports of arrival and departure. That is shocking. All of this you can find out. There are 29,000 military records available for the last name Sims. For veterans among your Sims ancestors, military collections will tell you where and when they served and even give you physical descriptions if it was before photos. <laughs> what is the average lifespan of a Sims, you ask? No, I didn't. I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Between 1942 and 2004 in the United States, Sims' life expectancy was at its lowest in oh. 1950 and highest in 2000. The average life expectancy for Sims in 1942 was 49. Excellent. Excellent. And 74 Great. in 2004. Excellent. Which is a good average. 70, 74 an average is a of healthier. 74. It's a little healthier. In 2000, and that's 20 years ago. So, yeah. An unusually short lifespan might indicate that your Sims ancestors lived in harsh conditions. Hashtag Newfoundland Winter. Uh, yep. A short lifespan might also indicate health problems that were once prevalent in your family. Well, you can find birth dates, death dates, addresses, and more. I can see lists and lists of your potential ancestors. Is Ancestry.ca one of our new sponsors? They should be. They should be after this. I'll tell you that um, for free. I just clicked on a random example because she was a lady, like Lady So-and-so. And then my mind was like, what? Lady Louise Sims. Nope. Lady okay. Pamela. Okay, I like Stephanie that. Carolyn Ann Sims. Born in Fogo, Newfoundland. I clicked on this Stop randomly. It. Born in Fogo, Newfoundland, Labrador, Canada on 1776 ah. to Jeremiah Coughlin and Mademoiselle jean Lee which is her adopted mother. Mm. Lady Pamela, Stephanie Caroline Ann Sims, <laughs> married Lord Edward Fitzgerald, had five children. She passed away on the 9th of November, 1831, in 7 Rue de Richpense, Paris, Ile-de-France, France. That's her address. She died in that house in the early 1800s. They told me that for in, free. In France. There are 78 photos. Some of them are photos like, not click-click photos, but like paintings, Pictures of her gravestone, pictures of passenger lists with her name written on it in her handwriting. Who submitted this? Don't know. 166 records just for Lady Pam. And get this. What is Larry's nickname? Fox. Lady Pam's first son was named Edward Fox Fitzgerald. You stop it. Honest to God. <laughs> Fox is a vampire. He's actually been living since 1776. <laughs> 17. 1776. Um, so anyway, I know what I want for my birthday. And maybe you should get for your, I'll get you for your birthday. It's just like, what, just an ancestry? You can pay book. and get like Everything. all of this. It, I found it. That's a lot. It blew my mind. Yeah. I was like, do I have enough information? And then I was like, look up the origin of sins. Cause he'll find that interesting. And it took me right to ancestry. And I was like, <gasps> <gasps> like I just kept scrolling down. And it was like life expectancy. Here are your ancestors. It was like, now, you know, they might not be your ancestors, but no, you'll no, be no. able to it's find very possible. a bunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, it just gave me a random smattering. Yeah, and it'll tell you like their accomplishments if if they're known. Like it, it blew my mind. So, fast forward a hundred years from now, Ancestry.ca is still a thing, and <coughs> yeah. people go back through our lineage. Yeah, what documents do you think are going to be related from our lives and be formatted into that? Like all those stupid Snapchat stories of us drinking. This podcast, like if someone goes back a hundred years from now, or like two hundred years, from yeah, now, I would think lineage, this podcast. Easily. Think this podcast would be, I guess, archived into it, and they can just really see the Sims idiocy and realize why I only made it to 43. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Like, maybe. I don't know. I mean, there will be... There's probably, like... People don't actively, like, you know, like my ancestors, like, I don't have active records of anything. No. But just through, like, censuses is a big one. Sure. 
um, and like the military records, all these sorts of things. It's yep. like any of our ancestors who served in the military, military which all, all of us have, yeah, yeah. whether we know them or not, it's like, it's easy to then trace, trace, trace. And yep. then once they have a record of that, they have a record of who they were married to, they have a record of who their children were. Exactly. Like we have all those records now, but yeah. like every time you travel, your passport's affiliated with it, your social insurance yep. number, like all of these things are actually documented. Yeah. And I'm, I'm assuming they're going to be archived. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Buddy. Very interesting. What a wealth of knowledge. Yep. Trying to be. Trying to be. Well done. Thank you. I'm impressed. <sighs> Shall we? Oh, I couldn't get it. Oh, mine wasn't nearly yeah, as good. Suck. My crack was good. My ksh wasn't as good. Ksh. Evan can crack the beer. That's your last name. <laughs> Which everyone you talking about? You know, the one who can crack the, the beer one by. The one who can crack the beer by. Um, okay. Interesting. Let's so. Explain me something. <clears throat> moving forward. Uh, Evan asked for me to explain to him X-rays, beep, yeah, beep, like beep. X-ray vision, like it, like superheroes. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. Um, it's actually a super interesting topic. I think it's one that we both agreed that we didn't really know much about. Um, but I think it's really interesting. Lots of cool stuff. Um, it actually kind of touches in a little bit on our camera conversation that we had early on. Oh, yeah. Episode two. Episode two. Um, so there's lots and lots of great connections there. But um, as we dive in, when imaging with x-rays, an x-ray beam produced by a so-called x-ray tube passes through the body. On its way through the body, parts of the energy of the x-ray beams are absorbed. On the opposite side of the body, detectors or a film capture the x-rays, resulting in a clinical image. So similar to your picture, there is light or something coming through, hits the image, and then it gets imprinted onto something. So say you're x-raying a bone. Yep. It does, the light doesn't go through the bone, but it goes through everything around the bone, and therefore you can see the shape of the bone. No, it also goes through the bone as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, not, as, not as nicely, but yes, technically speaking, that's how it is done. Okay. Yep. Um, so that was just the Wikipedia um, definition. But it started in 1895. Hmm. A physicist named Wilhelm Röntgen. Yeah. Do you want to try that one's word? Roentgen, <laughs> man, that's brutal. Spell it. Let's see if we can figure out the origin of it. R O E N T G E N. It's German. Roentgen. Mm, yeah, got it. Roentgen uh, was experimenting with a um, cathode tube, okay, uh, which was a glass tube in which a beam of electrons light up a fluorescent window. Okay. Okay. He placed a cardboard box around the tube to keep the fl- the fluorescent light from escaping. Okay. So what happened was you, you'd see the uh, electrons going. It would like literally just glow with light, similar to like a flash, uh, like a light, light bulb. Think of it like that. Okay. And he put a cardboard box over it. Yeah. So that another light would escape through it. He shut off all the lights in the room. Okay. Uh, to kind of to try to keep the light from escaping to see what would happen. When he did that, an actual piece of paper about five feet away from his desk started to glow a greenish tint. Oh. Yeah. The paper was made of barium plat. Platino cyanide, which was a phosphofluorescent material. And okay. could kill you if you ate it. Sure, absolutely. You can eat anything <laughs> once. Uh, he wanted to see if the tube caused this reaction. So he turned, turned it off, and the glow went away on the piece of paper. He turned it back on, and the glow reappeared. He then continued to place objects between the tube and the barium plat- platino cyanide paper. When he placed normal pieces of paper or anything in between it, nothing would change. The image would still show up. It's still get like greenish right but when he placed like metal items like keys and stuff like that it would interrupt the picture and it would interrupt the glow um through testing this 
discovered that he could also actually see the outline of his bones on the piece of paper after many tests. So he'd be holding up a key and he'd be looking at that piece of um, right. the paper and you'd also see his bones on the piece what? of paper. So he'd, so he'd start freaking out. Yeah, That's yeah. a crazy thing to like Imagine accidentally that. discover. Yeah. Imagine. It was a yeah. huge accident, right? Yeah. Uh, so invisible rays were obviously passing through the cardboard. Uh, Wilhelm had no idea what these rays were, so he called them X-rays as the unknown variable in the math equation. Oh! Yeah. His discovery eventually won him a Nobel Prize. Bet it did. It did. So just to give you an idea of what that little glass tube looked like, um, just you can imagine uh, a light bulb if you want, or just some sort of tube. It was well, a light bulb isn't a tube. Like a fluorescent tube? Yeah, well, even like think of it like that. It can be a okay. tube. It can be just like, think of it that way. And it was uh, completely vacuum sealed, so no air was in it. Okay. On one end, you would have... Um, like you'd have one piece of metal, I guess. Right. And on the bottom of it would be another piece of metal. So on the opposite side of it, but on the bottom. Right. Okay. And it was connected positively and negatively to right. an electromagnet. Okay. And so it would be positively and negatively charging it. And so electric currents would travel through it. Okay. Right. But what would happen is that the electromagnet and stuff, the, the negative electrons would skip across one of the little pieces of metal inside the bulb mm. or the tube and attached to the other. Okay. And that's what created that glow. Right. But when you put the metal box over it, stuff was still jumping out of it. So he's like, what the hell is this? Oh. And that's kind of how it came about. So X-rays are a type of electromagnetic radiation with higher energy than visible light, but lower energy than gamma rays. Okay. X-ray, uh, X-rays range in the light ray scale after ultraviolet and before gamma rays. So it would go radio waves, so like your AM, FM radios, right? right? Then it go to microwaves, right. like in your microwave. Infrared. Yeah. Then you have our visible like acuity, so like light and colors, like what we talked about when we were talking about uh, color deficiency and blindness. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then you go ultraviolet, X-ray, mm. and then gamma rays. Okay. Cool. And it's all based on uh, the wavelength. Right. Right. Uh, so all our electromagnetic electromagnetic energy carried in waves by photons. Mm-hmm. Okay. Major differences between them, like I said, is the energy level or the wavelength of the ray itself. Okay. Okay. So X-rays are actually strong enough to fly through all sorts of types of matter. Right. Okay. Almost as if they're transparent. Same thing as gamma rays. Like gamma rays can pretty well go through anything and everything. Gamma rays are messed up, right? Like that gamma rays, like really how the Hulk is the Hulk. Yeah, it's also like in a lot of nuclear yeah. like bombs and stuff. But that's yeah. the stuff that really causes drastic mutations, yeah. right? Yeah. Because it can go I through think anything. When they do, there's a lot of talk about gamma rays in the Avengers. Well, you wait and see. Oh. Mm. Um, well, kind of. So when <laughs> X-rays inter- Jeez, I keep hitting the mic. When X-rays interact with matter, yeah. okay, they collide with the electrons. All right. Sometimes okay. the X-ray transfers all of its energy to the matter. And it gets absorbed. Mm-hmm. Other times, it only transfers some of its energy, and the rest of it gets scattered. Okay. Okay. Uh, the frequency of these outcomes depends mainly on how many electrons the X-rays are likely to hit. Okay. Okay. Collisions are more likely if a material is dense, or if it's made of elements with higher atomic numbers. So there's more electrons in that in that right. element, right? Yes. So bones. Are particular in particular are dense and they're full of calcium, right? Which has a relatively high atomic number. Okay. Okay. They absorb the X-rays pretty well. Soft tissue, on the other hand, like you know, muscle, fat tissue, and stuff right. like that, they do not. Right. Uh, it they're not as dense and they're made up of elements that have lower atomic numbers, like hydrogen, oxygen, carbon. Right. Okay. Which is why in an X-ray you see the bones and then just shadows. Ah. Right. The exactly. bones are the densest thing. Exactly. So they'll actually oh, be absorbed. The densest thing. 
<laughs> yeah. So uh, that's just kind of the science behind it in terms of how the x-rays actually work. Okay. Okay. So now let's actually look at the x-ray machine. Okay. And kind of how that works. So inside of an x-ray machine, there is an electrode pair. Okay. Okay. So imagine that little tube that I mentioned before. There is the anode and the cathode. Yes. Okay. They are placed within a tube vacuum made of gas, made of glass, <laughs> made of ass. The cathode is usually a heated filament. Okay. Similar, like exactly like a light bulb. Okay. Okay. And it is negatively charged. Right. Okay. This is bringing back like, like science first semester chemistry or yeah. 1101. Yeah. The anode is often a flat metal platform made of tungsten, which is positively charged. Okay. Okay. As the cathode is heated up, electrons then jump out of the cathode and find their way to the anode. Okay. So, you know, you ever see um, like a spark and like the electricity will jump from one item to another mm. because there's so much energy built up that like the space can be smaller, but then get wider and wider and the electricity will still jump. Right. right? And that's what this is. Right. Right. That there's so much built up negative energy that it's going to jump across and just meet the tungsten. Right. Okay. Um, I love that word. Tungsten. Yeah. That's a great word. Uh, as the cathode is heated up, uh, I already said that. Uh, the voltage, <laughs> the voltage uh, difference between the anode and the cathode is very high, which allows the electrons to travel through the air at a high velocity. Like they just beam across super fast. Okay. okay. As these electrons travel through the tube at such a high pace and hit the tungsten and hit the atoms of the anode, it knocks loose electrons into the lower orbitals of the atoms. So if you have an atom, you have the nuclei, and then it has little circular things around it. Yes. And the electrons will circle around. I don't know if you remember any of this. I like remember this, yeah. Orbitals of it. Yeah. Right? And so when it comes down, some of the photons or the electrons, when they come in, they can pair, or they can move them to different orbitals, okay. creating different energies and creating different things. They often travel so fast that they can't even land on the anode sometimes. Right. They then bounce off, creating photons. Okay. And the photons are the light waves. A photon is a charged atom? It's the wave. Photons oh, wave. are the okay. waves, right? And depending on the wavelength right. will dictate what kind of wave it is. Right. Like I said, radio wave, microwave, and so on and so forth. Um, is that the speed at which it's moving? Literally the speed of the wave. Right. Right? Like up and down, up and down. Like, like yeah. if you were to think of it as a graph. Yeah. As electrons fall from these higher orbitals to these lower energy levels, the extra energy is released, like I said, as photons. Since this drop is large, it releases high-energy photons, which create x-rays. Okay. Okay? So, if we were to recap that a little bit, um, pretty well what it is is the transfer of energy from those from the anode to the cathode. Yes. But energy is traveling so fast that it can't actually hit it. Right. And if it hits it, it explodes off. Right. And the excess energy that comes from that transfer mm. are photons. They're x-rays. Right. So if we go back to Wilhelm's experiment, yeah. there was so much happening and there was like there was no organization of it yeah. that when he laid the cardboard box on it, x-rays were going in every which direction. There was no focus of it because it was exploding off and going in every direction. Right. And so there was a piece of paper, like a radioactive piece of paper, eight feet away that was just reacting. Yes. To the, some of the stuff was bouncing off that. Yeah, photons, yeah. right? And yeah. it was having that reaction. Right. Um, but obviously he didn't know what that was at the no. time. Yes. So obviously doctors now use a film or a sensor at the other side of a patient to capture the leftover x-rays to imprint the picture right. and it works almost identically as normal film uh but the sensors are particularly sensitive to x-rays right obviously okay um so increasing the voltage or the kvp increases the strength of power of each individual x-ray coming out of the tube 
Right. Okay. Increasing the current mm. makes the cathode filament hotter. It boils more electrons off and allows the tube to produce more X-rays over a set time period. Right. Okay. So the radiology tech is trained uh, trained bleh, trained to adjust these settings and maximize image quality for right. each patient, depending on their body part being imaged and their bone density and right. and how they have to go about it. Can I ask a question you may answer in the future? Sure. Can they heat it up so much that it's going to turn into a gamma ray? Like, or if they slow it down, will it then turn into a UV or what? You know what I mean? Like, I think in or theory, is, yes. Right. But this mechanism it's is all about for energy it's all about energy right? right so how much energy is is being compounded and put into this right uh which is why like gamma is usually a consequence of nuclear reactions right do you know what i mean because the heat would be so intense exactly because right. the, there's so much potential energy yeah. there um so like i mentioned the anode uh evolved yeah. from just being that stagnant plate the tungsten at the bottom of the tube yeah it eventually became an angular shaft to help direct the X-ray in a certain direction. Right. So it became like almost like the head of an arrow. Like okay. think of it as a head of an arrow. Yeah. And it became straight head-to-head -head with it. Right. So the electrons would be shot at it. Yeah. But if it hit it at a certain angle where the X-rays would be pushed in a certain way so you know exactly right. where to align it. Right. Because before it was just hitting it willy-nilly and it was going in every which direction. <laughs> right. right. But now... Everything the, in the room was glowing and you're like, Jesus! Lord Dinoman! <laughs> Wipe it down! bones up on the wall! <laughs> But that's what, so they ended up angling off the anode right. in order to force the X-rays in a certain direction. Smart. Yeah, exactly. Good for them. Um, after a while, though, with enough electron exposure, the anode would wear um, until it became unusable. Right. Obviously, uh, they quickly created a rotating shaft that would ensure the entire anode got exposure instead of one singular part, and it would last longer. Right. So if you ever get an X-ray, the first thing you will hear is a motor, and ah. the motor going is the anode spinning. Smart. That's the first thing you hear, and that's the very first thing you hear right before the right. right? Cool. Uh, yeah. Um, exposure, perfect. Um, so in, if you actually look at an x-ray machine now, like yeah. a modern-day version of it, they right. take that exact same contraction. Uh, contraption. Contraption. <laughs> contraption. I don't think you can have, get an x-ray machine if you're having contractions. No, hopefully not. No. Um, but the cathode now... Instead of it just being a metal plate that shoots electrons, it's actually a filament, like a light bulb. Oh, yeah. Right? So it actually has that, and it is being charged so uh, significantly right. that it'll actually shoot those uh, electrons out. Right. right? And like right. I said, the cathode is now, or the anode, sorry, is now an actually spinning item on a right. shaft, right? right? To kind of... Uh, well, they still need to replace it, but just way less frequently. I, I would imagine so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, probably just way less frequently. Um so with that, the discovery in although the discovery in 1895 unleashed a whirlwind of scientific progress, leading to saving millions of lives through medical identification, yeah. uh, there was no doubting that there were negative attributes to utilizing X-rays. Mm. Okay, so once Wilhelm started to perfect and craft the X-ray machine and how it can be utilized, there were often other practical uses for the technology other than for medical reasons. Okay. Okay. So there were shoe stores in the early 1940s. Yeah. That they'd have like imagine like a jukebox machine. Like that's kind of what it looked like. Okay. And there was a place for you to put your feet in the bottom. Okay. I'm not joking. I wish I was. And there were three little places like on the top of it that you can put your eyes into. Okay. So you put your feet in and then you put your eyes over the top of it. And presumably the shoe salesman would be the second and like your parent or your partner or somebody. Right. So all three of you would look down at your feet in the contraption yeah. and it would shoot x-rays up at your feet and you'd be able to see your skeletal feet inside of the shoe. And that's what you'd use to see if the shoe fit. 
What? Yes. If the shoe fits. If the shoe fits. Wouldn't it actually shoot up into your eyes? Well, that was that's half the reason why it didn't. Oh, it was there for about so stupid ten to fifteen years before they completely took off. What do you mean? See if the shoe fit. Just put on the shoe. Is it comfortable? But imagine like being a kid or something, and they couldn't quite identify that. Yeah, here's a good idea. Only for the kids, let's shoot x-rays at them. They didn't really have a a great understanding of it. Uh, Another thing is a popular toy was created where, uh, you know, like those little like, and you would like change locations. Like, what are they called? Um, You know what I'm trying to say? Oh my God, yes. Not a kaleidoscope. No, but no. like a Fisher Price toy. The Fisher Price little cameras. Camera, and you would like and do and have like a roll of yep. pictures, and you yep. just go, and the yep. next picture comes up. Exactly. Yeah. Someone correct us, please. Info. Yeah. Explain in a They're like a nineteen eighty nine Christmas toy special. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but imagine that, but yeah. a bit bigger. Yeah. And it was your own X-ray, so you could put your own hand up and see through your hand, and you could do that to any person around you. After, did you do the or did no, you just like it was just, just like con- you just turned it on and that was it, it was x ray? <laughs> so uh, dude, dangerous, it was so dangerous because anybody who was at that end point of it was just getting completely exposed. Also, your eyes were right up next to it, yeah. So, like, after a while, they're like, okay, let's let's not do this anymore. <laughs> Put that down, little Johnny, exactly. Let's go to the optometrist <laughs> so they can x ray your eyes to see if there's actually a problem with them. <laughs> It's like a sunburn on a sunburn. Uh, So obviously people were being exposed to unmeasurable amounts of radiation without anyone truly knowing the repercussions. So yeah, I was going to say radiation, but I tried not to say it. It is radiation. Radiation is exposure to rays of some sort. That's exactly it. It doesn't have to be certain rays. No, so I think the term radiation itself kind of has that little bit of negative tone to it. Like you're exposed to radiation, you're going to die. Like this light is radiating light, this lamp. Exactly. There are actual waves that are traveling through us or stopping at us or we're absorbing. They're not harmful to us. As waves get quicker and more powerful and more energetic and stuff, they can actually travel through us and do more harm. Yeah, okay. So like x-rays is where that kind of begins. Like light can't travel through you. Light stops at you. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So like it's not really doing you any harm other than the surface. UV is the next step up, which doesn't travel through you, but travels... Well, UV are rays. Yeah, that's what I mean. That, yeah. but, like, but still radi- like UV radiation. Exactly. So like, technically that lamp is giving radiation. It just doesn't harm us. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So like, same thing as light. Yeah. And radio waves. Yeah. Right? Microwaves. All yeah. these kind of rays, waves. But depending on like how you are but being exposed But microwaves can be kind of harmful. No. If you're in the microwave, yes. That's what I mean. Like They say like, don't stare into a oh, microwave. That's, no, no, no. So that's a huge myth. Is it really? Huge myth. Yep. Because uh, microwaves only affect the water molecules. And there's no actual, like the same thing people used to say that, oh, if you used to cook, cook your food in a microwave, it loses all nutrition. That's not a fact at all. Right. All it does is it excites the water molecules. And when the water molecules react with one another and get really excited, they just heat up the food that way. Oh. Which is why a lot of breads get stale because there's not a lot of water molecules in bread and, and wheat right. and stuff like that. If you microwave bread, is that what you mean? Yeah, like a slice of pizza. It gets really dry. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, sorry. I guess, you know, <laughs> when, when do you microwave bread? <laughs> Making toast. You're like, I'm not going to use a toast today. Like microwaves are going to do put it. Put peanut butter on it and put it in the microwave. Exactly. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, as time went on, uh, people started obviously realizing the issues that came about from radiation poisoning. They started using different variations of treatments. Mm. So like I said, like manipulating how like the, the, the voltage right. and also the, uh, the current, right. right. To get different kinds of images, depending on what they were trying to image. Right. Like image. we don't need to be this intense right now. We're just checking this guy's foot. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, but also um, utilizing lead vest. 
to yeah, diminish yeah, yeah, right. exposure. Yeah. Uh, so adding because it won't go through the lead. Exactly. Yeah, so, because yeah. it is so dense, it has yeah. such a high um, right. elemental molecular or whatever I just right. said. So yeah, they'll put that on atomic your chest level. if they're doing your leg. Mm-hmm. But if they're x-raying your chest, they can't put that on your chest. Obviously. No, they but they would put it over, it, over your legs. They'd put it down over your legs right. or on okay. your genitals and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, this, is, this is what I kind of said a second ago. So in 1942, after seeing Stan Lee's first ever release of the famous Captain America comic series, a man by the name of John H. Wilkins. Oh, because that's how he became Captain America was Gamma Rays? No, kind of. They shot him up with something. Yeah, which was Gamma Rays? I don't think it was Gamma Rays, but it was some hanky-panky. Okay. Um, It was in Area 51. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Captain America comic series. A man by the name of John H. Wilkins wanted to emulate the superhero's transformation. He knew at the time there was a connection between standard hospital x-ray procedures and radiation mutation. Right. He then traveled to 14 different states claiming different minor accidents to his arms, collarbone, and shoulders that would require x-rays. Back then, there were obviously no major electronic, <laughs> uh, electronic medical records. So there's no way. So when he traveled between the different hospitals, there was no major red flags. Right. Yeah. yeah. He had said to have over 64 x-rays in the span of three months in hopes to gain superhero abilities. After the last one, he had lost all of his hair. <laughs> he lost oh. pigment in his skin and was said to experience severe episodes of lack of bladder control. <laughs> He did, however, proclaim that it had given him superhero powers, and he was known to get drunk and challenge people to a fight in hopes to prove his newfound strength. <laughs> That's shocking to be making fun he of him. He the fights because people would just keep slipping off him because he was bald. And oh, little... Uh, <laughs> <didn't wanna> fight. <laughs> oh, so obviously, there is your standard x-ray. Okay, yeah. uh, that are used to find two-dimensional scans, like checking for bone fractures and stuff like that. Right. Okay. It's hard to get a full picture of it because, like I said, it's just two-dimensional. It's image imprinting on 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 that uh, thing. Yeah. Okay. CT scans. Yes. Also use X-rays. Brain. No. Well, they could be. Is that a brain scan? They could be. Oh, like, not, it's also a full-body scan. You can oh. use it for anything. It's the one okay. where you're, you're in that little tube. Right? Oh, but yeah. The tube would rotate. It would be x rays, but it would do a full rotation scan as you were going. So it would get a full body picture. Right. So it would be more three dimensional. Right. So, like in a Talk normal. About anxiety. Tell me about it. Oh. If you get a normal x ray, you might be able to see the shadow of um, like a lump or, or something, right? You, you might see some sort of a formation. Mm. But in the CT, you would actually be able to see the location, the density, how, the depth of it more so. Right. right? You actually be able to see what it is as opposed to just a shadow. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, MRIs do not use x-rays. Instead, okay. it uses... What's an MRI? Is that just brain? Yeah. Okay. Well, no, no, no. But it's, it's for soft tissue stuff. Oh. So it uses... I just thought these were specific to your brain. I don't know why. No, well, you can use it. Like, if you're getting your no, brain done, it would Yes, be but you can do an MRI of another place. On your thigh. Right. Technically. Uh, it uses magnets... <laughs> MR thigh. <laughs> MR thigh. Uh, it uses radio waves to affect atoms in the water molecules within your body tissues. So it's for soft tissue scar uh, scans where x-rays would normally pass through. Right. They'd use magnetic waves and okay. stuff like that. Um, that's it. Do you cool. feel like you know x-rays a little bit better? Yeah, there was one thing you said... That really made me go, oh, okay. And now I can't remember what it was. Oh, mm-hmm. it just basically the thing about like the density and like the yeah. reason that it's so important. Like, when I think x rays, when everyone thinks x rays, you think okay, broken, bone. You, broken bone, fracture, whatever. Yep. And it's because the bones show up because they are more dense than the rest of the tissue and skin and whatever. And the x rays can't, can't pass yeah. through them the yeah. same way. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why, like, also organs, because your organs are going to be more dense than like just like fat or muscle or tissue. Yeah. 
there will be shadows yes. and and like su- well, like suggestions of organs, right? right? So depending on where you're getting scanned. Yeah. Interesting. So pretty well what happens are x-rays are a consequence yeah. of electrons traveling from the cathode to the anode. Yeah. As they travel, they explode, they branch off, they create photons. Yeah. But we've learned to focus the area that the photons come out of. And just point them at your And leg. point them at something. Yeah. And you point your leg there and you point the little paper on the end and it just draws the picture of it on the other end. Isn't that cool? Very cool. I learned lots. Yep. Yeah. Actually, my buddy Ryan was over for supper tonight, and he is a listener of the podcast. Mm-hmm. He was like, so you guys are recording tonight? And I was like, yeah. He's like, so what are your topics tonight? And I told him. It's like, oh, he's like, yeah. It's like, Jeff always explains like scientific things, and you always explain like artsy things. <laughs> and I was like, well, Jeff has since complained about that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. also, I'm the one who suggests... It's not, it's not that Jeff things. is more into science things. I'm the one telling Jeff what to explain to me. So. That's a good point, actually. But it's, so maybe I, I, I didn't realize, but maybe I'm interested in scientific things. Or you know nothing about scientific things. Well, that's not debatable. No, I don't think either of us know anything yeah. about what we're talking about. There's also a level of like, well, obviously I learn about stuff when I do the research. Yes. But, and I think a great idea, and I think we talked about this before, is that we should do a no research episode. Yes. We get six topics that we feel we could just... Oh, you got this thought out. A little bit. Okay. We just find six topics that both of us could be like, I could talk about this. They're not going to be completely outlandish. That we feel like we have a general understanding about. Okay. We put them in a hat, and then we just draw from them. And then we just go. But wait, hang on. We have six topics that both of us kind of know about? Or we can do like three and three or six and six. Yes. There would be an allotment of topics. Yes. Like, for instance, I don't know, like... Pianos, like I'm sure you can talk on how pianos are made, maybe, or like the acoustics of it and how and they what's work. What's the goal? Let's uh, see that, how the, much we know, or to that's bullshit. see how much. Well, a combination of a combination of right. B of like how much do we actually know? Are we able to explain things that we actually should know? Right. Do you know what I mean? It's just yeah, like that's know, true. That's true. It just might be interesting. It might be. It interesting. also could be a 25 minute episode because yes. we truly don't know anything. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Yep. Um. Speaking of bullshit. Speaking of bullshit. Any. Was there any in yours? Yeah. The only thing I can think of, and it's going to sound bad, but the Wang. Nope. The Wang. The Wang was uh, was thing. The Wang was not Wang. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted there to be, but a lot of it just seemed like it made sense. Yeah, I didn't put any in. No. Was there a bullshit in mine? I don't think so. There was. No. Yes! But okay, here's the thing. Uh-huh. Was it the thing that you were like, I swear this is the truth? Because you're not allowed to do that. Oh, no, I'm not allowed to do that. You're right. No, okay. no. That was an actual thing. Okay. Unless good. someone bullshit. You were talking about yeah. the thing in the it's shoe store. It's not the jute box with the. No, okay. no, no, no. no. Uh, unless someone lied to me, I did not make that up. Yeah, myself. okay, good. Because yeah. I was, I was going to be like, this no. is bullshit. But then you were like, I, I knew, swear, you were like, I, I wish I'd be making this up. I knew you were pulling the card. I could see it in your face. I was okay. like, no, don't pull it, buddy. Because okay. it was actually it was actually ridiculous. No, that wasn't it. There was bullshit, though. Oh, my. Hmm. Okay, well, any of the facts, like the whole anode, cathode, whatever, mm-hmm. all that is obviously true. So that was like the premise of your whole thing. True. And then... Was it the Captain America thing? Oh, yeah. In oh. 1942, uh, after seeing yeah. Stan Lee's first ever release <laughs> of the famous Captain America comic series. All um, that whole story about him. John H. Wilkins was a made-up man. And he did not do such thing as to travel to 14 different states Wow! to do minor accidents to his arm, collarbone, and shoulders that require x-rays. He did not lose his hair. He did not have 
lack of bladder control. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't put it past people. Wouldn't put it past people. We just wouldn't know about it, but someone probably did it. I tried to, well, I didn't try to give it away. Catherine thought I was going to give it away with the fighting people in hopes to prove his found, newfound strength. <laughs> But I thought no, I, that sold the deal for me. Yeah, that sealed it. Yeah, yeah. Sixty-four X-rays in the span of three months, and hope to gain superhero abilities. You know, strangely enough, the thing that bugged me about that whole story when you were telling it to me was when you said sixty-four X-rays, X-rays in three months. I'm like, three months? That's like not close enough together at all. But okay, think about how like if you were to go to the hospital right now, yeah, with actually, yeah, with a broken arm, yeah. You could be in an emerge for 12 to 15 hours before they even get you in to get your Especially X-ray. in the States, I suppose, yeah. No, in the States, well, in the States now, you're in and out right away yeah, if you have you insurance and money. For it, but yeah. like, just like put it in perspective today. Yeah. Like, that's a full day to get one. Yeah, that's true. And this guy traveled to 14 different states. Yeah. <clears throat> that's true. And got 64. I don't know. Maybe, maybe 64 wasn't enough. Yeah, I mean, the thing is... It's not true. So, <laughs> <laughs> you're just you're like, no, 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 64. No, no, no. I mean, that right. would be that hard to do. That makes more sense. That makes more sense. Uh, I'm just thinking he would try to do it as fast as possible. I'm, to try to, and that's I'm curious if three months would be. And that's why he went to different states, because eventually <laughs> he, he kept going to the same hospitals and be like, yo, we just did your actually, You're perfectly fine. Right. He's like, no, he's no, like, no, no, Back no, again. I really, I really hurt myself my this time. I hurt myself walking out of the last hospital I visited. Exactly. So yeah. after a while, he had to go to different cities and different states. So anyways, that's it. That's cool. uh, John H. Wilkin for you. John H. Yeah. I, yeah. Once you told me, I was like, there's something. It, I bet it's in somebody's name. It's about some person. Yeah. Because that's where you go. Bilge dung. Bilge dung chromatopsia. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I don't spare any detail. No. <laughs> and I don't. And actually, earlier I was thinking, if there's bullshit in this one, Jeff is going to really be looking at his iPad during it. So it makes it really look like he's reading, like, reading facts. Oh, good for you. And you did. And, oh, I did. But I, but I, I had, wrote it all out. I had forgotten about that th- that I told myself earlier. That I was like, if there's bullshit, Jeff won't be looking at you because, like, sometimes if you like, if you know part of the facts, I'll come up and like, you'll come up and just sort of like look at me and just yep. explain it to me. That's and, a really like, good point. Walk, talk around something for That's a while a really good in point. the Jeff Sim style. So I was like, if it's bullshit, he will know that. He will focus on the iPad. That's funny because when you say that, yeah. a lot of my notes are written down, and I was reading them from the iPad. Yeah. And I said, I need to make sure that I do the same thing. Yeah. As the last thing I want to do is pull my head up and just start making something yeah. up off the top of my head. And you did. So I knew I had to write it down exactly, <laughs> exactly <laughs> verbatim. So it would have been, you would have been spot on if he had to just double down. Nice. Yeah. Quality. Funny. Quality. So I have an episode 11. Done. This is a palindrome episode. We will not have another one until 22. Oh. Yeah. And that's true. Yep. And then 33. Correct. That's kind of how those work, eh? Things that are the same forwards, backwards. Race car. Madam, I'm Adam. Murder. Nope, that's nope. right from. <laughs> Good night, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my. Fun. Well, this has been a blast. Um, as always, please uh, go follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, make sure you like all of our stuff, comment, tell us what you think. Uh, but more importantly, we'd really appreciate it if everyone took the opportunity to go and rate us, to go give us five stars, write a little review. Right now, you still can't do it on Spotify, but you can do it on Apple uh, Podcasts, so please do that. Or give us a little testimonial on Facebook. If you want to tag us in that, we'd love to see that. I'm not afraid of it. Absolutely. If you want to send us in a topic, you can certainly do that. Um, I mean, you can send them. You can text us. That's what most people do. Like, if it's a friend, they just text us. Yeah, but um, we would but, prefer them in an email form. Because here's the thing with the text, and this is what I say to anybody who texts me ever. Ugh. Like, 
I'm not going to remember this. I'm going to read it and go, haha, oh yeah, right. Yep. And then I go on with my day. Yep. Email it. I flag it. Yep. And I read it as well. And you read it as well. Put it in the splainin. It's info.splainin at gmail.com. <laughs> also, thank you to all those people out there who um, have been buying our merchandise. Yes. You actually, know? we've made a lot of money. Yeah, we have made a lot of money on the merch. There's sweatshirts, there's t shirts, mugs. Uh, the, I really like the mugs. The mugs are really nice. And we're working on wine glasses now as well, actually. They're stemless and stemmed. Uh, not only are we working on wine glasses, Jeff, this is the good time to give the spoiler that we are actually working on wine. We are. We're actually bottling it tomorrow. So if you want your first bottle of the Splain and Wine, yep. is a lovely red. Uh, just same thing. Email us at info.splainin at gmail.com. Yeah, if you want to be as incoherent as Jeff and I when we're explaining things, mm-hmm. drink this garbage wine. It is garbage And you wine. will be. But it's so good. So good, so tasty. So, you know, just keep those that dollars rolling in. Yep. We are doing so well during this pandemic because of you listeners and your purchases. Thank That's, you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah, we really appreciate it. It's like PBS. <laughs> <laughs> well, we hope you learned something this week. And if you didn't, there's always next week. Uh, just to the Lord Almighty, really. Creator of heaven and earth, I believe in Jesus Christ's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit, who born will Virgin Mary. Succeed? Well, yeah, he will <laughs> succeed, but he was I mean, conceived. He didn't. Did he? Did he? Would we say he succeeded? Succeeded. Jesus, a success? Question mark. A novel written by Evan Smith and Jeff Sims. <laughs>